they still have prog rock, but they have packaged it in such a way that's like the spoonful of sugar helping the medicine go down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to use a reference from your mother? <laughs> Fantastic. Or Mary Poppins, but whatever. <laughs> This is the Epic New Podcast. Two idiots and a list. Where you're going to get two idiots and a list. And now, coming to you live from Circle Avenue Studios, your hosts, Nick Fasolo and Kirik McMillan. Well, Nick, do you know what's special about today's episode? Uh, no, hit me with it. It is our 30th band. Really? 3-0? 3-0. No. Crazy. <laughs> I didn't think we'd make it past the first five. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we retained any portion of our Southern audience after the Dale Earnhardt bashing? <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> I do have to say that I, I had my timing off on that, but that did happen. But as it was, died died in like 98 or 97, 97 or 98, and then Dale Earnhardt died a couple of years later. But that did happen. He was there with the Earnhardt hat, and it was actually, it was... It was surreal. And still mourning the death of Lady Di. Yeah, that's that's what was so weird about it. It's like it was been years. He's like, I haven't felt like this since we lost Lady Di. That was that was his thing. I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> one uh, one small fact that I neglected to include in the Elton John episode. Guess who inducted him into the Hall of Fame? I don't know. Axel Rose. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's an odd pairing. That's what I said. I meant to drop that in the episode, but I guess the Dale Earnhardt thing, you know, too soon, too soon. <laughs> yeah. Just a quick comment around future shows. It can't be much of a surprise that Elton John didn't send us a handwritten note giving us the green light to use his music. <laughs> We did receive notification from our service provider that third-party content was detected in the show. And we don't know what the outcome of that yet will be. Hopefully they resolve this in a manner where we don't have to really change anything since we're not using the song in its entirety, at least without us talking over it. Right. Isn't fair use like 30 seconds? Well, something like that. But I guess if they don't like what they're saying about the artist, then the artist has the right to pull it. Yeah. <laughs> Which... It's a good thing Tom Petty's not around anymore. You know, they're putting they're putting the AI drones to good use over there. That's right. <laughs> so, someone's got to earn a paycheck somehow. Speaking of drones and the overlords of technology, do you want to introduce today's band? The band originally called Rocket Baby Dolls? Yes. Today we're talking about Muse. was your first introduction to these guys okay that's a really good question because they've been around for a long time long time like they i want to say they formed in like 93 when they were like 14 years old or something like that it varies but like they've been around for a long time mm -hmm. first album was 1999 mm -hmm. showbiz 
By the way, Pablo Honey came out in 1993. I'm standing by my statement that Radiohead influenced these guys. Okay. We can have that discussion a little <laughs> later down the road. But yeah, so my introduction to them, I think I caught a part of their live Bonnaroo set on one of the cable channels. And they, this dude had the entire crowd like going crazy for this song, Uprising. That is so interesting that you said that because my introduction to these guys was from Palladia, yeah. the music channel. Yeah. And they were airing a show from Rome and the crowd was just absolutely devouring everything he did. Incredible. And when he did Uprising, 30,000 people, whatever, bouncing up and down in unison. And I was like, what the hell is this? It's, it's nuts. And it's just a three-piece. And everybody's eyes were on Bellamy. And this it, it was just going crazy. And then I was like listening to like his actual guitar playing. I was like, let's see if this guy's got a little bit more to it than, than just you know good stage presence. And the guy's a brilliant guitarist, too. Right. And then put him in front of a piano. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's... He's a, he, I don't know if he's traditionally classically trained, but that's where his roots are. He yes. is a classical musician, and to what, what he had said about himself, he's like, I wasn't good enough to play jazz or classical music, so I went the rock way. Yeah. But that's that's the first play, the first time I ever saw him was a concert footage of them playing Uprising, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And then the song is fucking awesome. Unbelievable. It's, a, it's, a, it's like, you want anthems. This band does not create background music. No, no. Anthemic is probably a great description of them. And as I looked at them, I said, who are these guys? And it's Queen meets Rush meets Ministry with a, a sprinkle of Kiss. Yeah. I got a super heavy Elton John vibe on one song. And then on a different song, I got a really strong Eurythmics vibe. Yeah. It's really hard to put a label on them. But everything is so, yeah. really anthemic, you're right. And really, really, really well done, too. Now, like, the proggy stuff is the earlier work, like Showbiz and Origins of the Symmetry. Those are those first two albums. And, you know, he had actually admitted, he's like, I didn't really know how to write a song. So that's where you, you know, you get into this prog of, like, long instrumental vibes. You know, I can go on and play, just noodle on the guitar for a while, then wrap it back around to, like, you know, a part of the chorus that I had written. It's like, I wasn't a good song writer back then then he learns he's like well, it's only a three-piece here we can't we're not rush we're not that talented that's what he said and he's like we can't pull that off it's like i better learn how to write songs that are four minutes long right and he did and like in their next couple of albums 2003 six and nine you had you know absolution black holes and the resistance and like they're off and running they become a the, one of the hugest stadium bands in the aughts and the even during yeah. the later teens. You just saw them. I just saw them. I saw them oh, three weeks ago, I think it was. Fun show. I mean, that, and so that's the fourth time I've seen them. Yeah. I've seen them twice with you or three times with you. Yeah. We Well, well we saw The Second Law in 2012 when they came around. And then Drones, we were in separate seats. And then The Simulation Theory, which right. was just a mind-blowing show. I've never Unbelievable. seen I've never seen anything like anything it. Anything like it. <laughs> it's crazy. I, it's... And... The, the problem with a show that good is when you see them again, they've set the bar. Mm -hmm. Now, was this a bad tour? Absolutely not. Right. Bellamy's having a little more of a challenge on some of the high notes. It felt like he might have pulled back some. The stage show was still exciting, but it wasn't 
what it was on that previous show. It wasn't a 60-foot wide wingspan monster drone (laughs) kind of Coming out of the back of the the stage? Yeah. That blew me away. And I'm used to, like, seeing U2 shows. Like, they go all out, too. And, like, I'm like, that's right up there. Like, those guys must have the same kind of, you know, company that puts their shit together. Because it was was astonishing. They're, 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 They're worth every penny that you pay to see them. Absolutely. Yeah, because every song, their set list is probably 20 songs deep, and every song is like let's let's go it's like hair on fire yeah. and just you know fist in the air and it's really good stuff not a lot of breathers there you, you you're running the whole time yeah so you brought up radiohead and like these guys walk the same earth as as radiohead at the same time and yeah radiohead got their earlier start and was there influencing each other perhaps but you could take it a different way it's like there is a yin and a yang radiohead is an introverted band mm-hmm. like that is the introversions of you know a sick mind let's just keep it that way <laughs> sure right muse went the complete opposite way it is an extroverted band he yes. is out there in front leading a revolution like he wants people to like empower people and to have them take charge of like you're getting fucked out there. Mm-hmm. These are the guys that are fucking you, and let's go. Right, right, yes. Right. The Orwellian themes are out there. The, yeah, you know, power I mean, to the people themes are yeah. out there. I've written down here: if George Orwell had a band, it would be Muse. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's their their whole theme is like you know taking, you know, something has got to change. We're on the brink of a revolution. Something has to happen here, right? And stop being fucking led around by the. You know, whoever, information controllers or whatever the fuck he's talking about. One last quick note on Radiohead. The guy that produced the Benz produced Muse's first two albums. Yeah. Good lyrics, good musicians, you know, popular following. Right. And, you know, solid messages to their music. You know, they're they're, they're there, you know, they're both in the same arena. But going back to the original, like, so I, I knew that they existed from that, but I never really followed up on them. And then they played Saturday Night Live, October of 2012, in support of the second law. And they played this song called Madness. And I remembered it because the bassist has this electronic bass that's just, it's no strings. It's just like an iPad almost. It's got buttons on it. Yeah. And he just pushes the sound around. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a different thing going yeah. on. And then in that song, Matt Bellamy belts out the last uh, parts of the lyrics yeah. and i was sitting there with my son who was at the point i think he was i don't know he was he was eight or eight or nine years old and he just kind of stood up and he's like play that again and he kept on he kept on wanting to see it and then from that point forward like the rome tour started hit palladia and when i would come home he would be he taped it and he was watching it every single day he would watch it do his homework in front of the tv watching muse and like so from the beginnings, like I could see, like in the beginnings of his life, he had found his band. For whatever reason, he just identified with like Matt Bellamy. He had started playing guitar at this time, and so he would be dancing around like with his guitar, like Matt Bellamy, hopping around up and down. Like I like just like looking at him, like seeing him identify with that band was really really cool. And like he just he has this love for this band now. Yeah, and he pulled my son into it too. Yeah, I mean he's the biggest fan. Like your son and my sons are the biggest fans of this band that I know of. Mm-hmm. Took him to see the Drones tour when he was in eighth grade, and it nearly melted his face off. It was incredible. It was so awesome to watch him just like, there they were. It was like the first time I ever saw Def Leppard, like, in the flesh, right there in front of me, and I almost wet myself. <laughs> like, And this kid all just went crazy for it. 
It was awesome. It's great to see. And that's why, like, and uh, I, I started to go deeper and deeper into it because, you know, he was kind of saying, like, have you heard this? Did you hear this? This is off Origins and the Symmetry. I'm like, okay. All right. Show me. Tell me more about right. it. Well, and what was interesting for me for this episode was I'd seen them four times. I haven't actively pursued a lot of their studio stuff because I've just known them live. Mm-hmm. And that's just been my exposure to them. Right. It is kind of intense music and heavy isn't necessarily the right word for it but it is somewhat intense you don't necessarily want to have a cup of tea and listen to views <laughs> no it's not that <laughs> it's not but it was actually great to hear the studio songs because i was like oh i know this song i know this song right. i know this song i know this song mm-hmm. and then i think about like the crowd reactions when i'm listening to the studio song uh, that's where i went in my head was what was the crowd doing what was i doing what right. was my reaction to this part of the show what was going on on stage you know there's this last tour there's a shit ton of flame like they have flamethrowers <laughs> everywhere and it's it's pretty cool i don't know how those guys don't get torched doing know, that yeah i never liked the flames inside a stadium yeah <laughs> don't like yeah, it t- yeah talk to uh great white <laughs> or james headfield <laughs> yeah or james the headfield fucking thing exploded in his face jesus <laughs> right. christ you mentioned the fact that that this is a trio and i don't think that this is something that should be sort of passed on this is a trio well it's three and a half but we can get to that later yeah three guys for the most part are putting out the majority of this sound and what they're doing trios are hard my second original band was a trio and everybody has to be on the ball and these guys are all on the ball and each instrument has equal importance because if you've got you know, a killer drummer and a killer guitarist, but your bassist is a dope. Yeah. It's not going to work. It, you, you can't really run a good, you have to have so much talent in those other two to outwash the, the loser. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. No. And Chris Stapleton, their bassist is a tremendous instrumentalist. Like, yeah. I mean, he knows that. I mean, he plays, um, you know, the, he keeps the band on key at all times. And and it's not like that comparison to Radiohead. Radiohead goes off key on purpose a lot. Um, but this yeah. band just doesn't. And and but they play some very sophisticated chord progressions, very sophisticated, classical. Right. Like Matt Bellamy writes them. And it's the bassist's job to keep them on key at all times during during these songs. And he does a tremendous job doing it. And he takes the lead in some of their songs, and that's some of their best work. It's uh, Chris Wolstenholme. You said Chris Stapleton. I, I don't was know just... why I was thinking Chris Stapleton. <laughs> not a country Chris musician? Stapleton is actually, I really like Chris Stapleton, and I'm not a country guy, but he's good. Okay. Chris Wolstenholme is the, uh, is Wolstenholme. the baseball. Wolstenholme. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Eight kids with two women, by the way. <laughs> that dude? Yeah. <laughs> and the Rock second star. the second woman has two of her own, so he's technically responsible for ten children. <laughs> Oof. Ah. Jesus. That's a lot of work. That's a lot. You know, talking about these band members, Bellamy's capabilities are really, and Wollstoneholm and oh, what's the Dom something Dominic, or other? Yeah. yeah, those two guys are fantastic. But when you look at the capabilities of Matt Bellamy at five foot seven, this guy, <laughs> this guy packs a punch. Yeah, he really has just unbelievable talents relative to his singing, his guitar, his piano, and his stage presence. He's got a falsetto that would match Mercury. 
Oh yeah, like it's yeah. great. Oh yeah, because it never breaks. No, like, I mean I've seen him live several times. I've seen a lot of his live concerts. You know, in Rome, in yeah. L.A., they have a show, and he never breaks it. It's it's crazy. It's, it's really good, and yeah. that was one of my disappointments of this last tour. Is I'm wondering if age is catching with yeah. him, and maybe he was just having. An, and it wasn't an off night. He didn't sound bad. I just didn't hear him aggressively go for some of those notes that I'd heard them play in the past. Now, Chicago was the start of, of their the tour, U.S. Right. tour. Mm-hmm. They had just come from Mexico, I believe. So they had been playing already. This was the start of the tour. Maybe he was, you know, keeping a little in reserve. I don't know. That that can't be easy to do, you know, four or five nights a week, whatever no. their tour schedule is. And uh, I took Vince to go see um, not only the Drones tour, but their, their uh, no, the, yeah, the Drones tour, but they also did a warm-up gig and at the Aragon Ballroom. So they didn't have their big stage show. Which would have been awesome. It like, was, their stage show is fun, yeah. but to catch them at the Aragon, which holds 5,000 people? If that, That yeah. would be really killer. And they, uh, it, was, it was a stripped down, just like what you would yeah. figure they were you know, back in 1996 or whatever playing. And uh, they did a, a set of like three Smashing Pumpkins songs. Yeah. Like, it was really cool. Like, really, it was really neat. These guys are really awesome. They did a brief Pumpkins cover at this show. Yeah. And that was great. Like, it was just the intro, and I'm blanking on which song it was, but I was like, wait a minute, that's the Pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they cut it and then dropped right into another song. Like, they just gave you a little taste, yeah. and that was it, and they moved on. <laughs> you know, talking about Bellamy's capabilities, there was a couple of songs that caught me, and hopefully I'm not going to clip either something from your list or from your coolest four seconds. The last song on Drones is called Drones. And it's a multi-tracked choral arrangement of Bellamy singing about drones. Uh, one of the lines is, now you can kill me from the safety of your home. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really beautiful song with haunting lyrics. Yeah. It's, it's really something. He also had a, a piano breakdown in the song Butterflies and Hurricanes. I heard it i was like this this is like a concert pianist oh yeah yeah he's he's super talented they all are it really really impressed me his dad was in a band called the tornadoes and they were the first uk band to have a number one hit in the united states in 1962 really yeah it's kind of a weird instrumental. Wow. I, I'll think about dropping something in. I listened to it and it was like, eh, there's not much. It's just instrumental. It's a funny story that, uh, I, so this was a time period where I was taking Vince to a couple of shows and just getting, like, getting him into the, the music, the live music scene. He's eighth grade, ninth grade. So about eighth grade, we took him to, I took him to go see the Cold War Kids uh-huh. at the Vic. Yeah. And we were upstairs in the seats. So we were, sure. I, I kept them away from like the, the stuff. The, and like the general population. Yeah. I, 
and he he turns to me after the lights went down and the Cold War kids came onto the stage. Lights go down and it immediately starts to, to reek of, of weed. Sure. Right. And and he earnestly tugs on my shoulder and he's like, dude, I think there's a skunk up here. <laughs> I just got I'm like, I had to laugh up my sleeve. I'm like, that's not skunk, dude. And he's like, what the fuck is it? Because he's got a filthy mouth. And I'm like, people are smoking weed. And he look, looks back at me in shock and he's like, you took me to a place where they were smoking weed inside. <laughs> And I'm like, just don't tell your mother. <laughs> and so we get home, and of course, and the kid the reeks. Door, you know, yeah, the kid. Uh, I was starting to worry about like, shit, is this kid going to get a contact high up right? here? And so we burst through the door, and he's like, Mom, Dad took me to a place where they're smoking weed. <laughs> and she looks at me, and I'm like, That's nice. It's a concert. What are you? And he's like, I can't believe it. <laughs> he was he was stunned. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> this falls under the category of internet detritus for sure because i couldn't confirm it on guinness's website but there was at least half a dozen web pages saying that bellamy holds the record for smashing the most guitars on a single tour <laughs> i saw that at 140 <laughs> i saw that <laughs> that's a fucked up thing that's a lot he's uh he's got his own guitar maker he he gets his car guitars made from mason and he's got a kill switch on it that gives you some of those effects. And you can you can get one. They're actually fairly cheap. I've priced them out. They're like five $600 for the MB1, which is the Matt Bellamy guitar. Boy, for a signature guitar, that's not very expensive. It's pretty good. Now, honestly, obviously, it's not his quality. Sure. It's the knockoff. But it's got the kill switch engage on it. And it's a, it's a flat black. It's a really slick-looking fucking guitar. That's sweet. Um, and he also has one with the touchpad on the back end of the uh, where the I don't know what you call it, the strings are attached on the back, <laughs> but it has um, a touchpad where you can fuck around with the uh, with the pitch of the harmonics. Gotcha. Which is, which is a little bit more expensive, but that that guitar in, in particular is really awesome. I learned something here uh, that, and that Bell- he would break a hundred and forty of them. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, he sings, often sings, in what they call a melismatic style. Okay, you get to learn a little something today. The melismatic style is a style where you move around to different notes without changing words or syllables. Apparently, the normal style of syllabic singing is where you, notes change as the words changed. So there you go, folks. You learned something from idiots. Mm. I don't know what that's worth. I can't worth, say but... that I'm better for knowing no. that. <laughs> but I know that I'll have trouble sleeping tonight. All right. Let's start to peel this grapefruit. <laughs> I think you started last time. Okay, hey, man, I got with you. You're, you've, you've got the mock-up board. <laughs> so I will kick it off with the honorable mention. I am going back to the 2018 album Simulation Theory, and the song is Pressure. When we saw this tour, they had a bunch of guys in masks coming out with trombones. You remember that? They, like they 60 came, of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they all had like a digital message scrolling across the slide of the trombone. Yeah. 
a lot of tromboners. <laughs> I, I just thought that was a really cool way to, to you know, put that song out and, and perform it live. Really cool tune. Yeah. I, I love it when they whisper the pressure building and the backing vocals. The breakdown. The breakdown's good. The video is a mix of Back to the Future and Gremlins. Yeah. With a touch of Ghostbusters thrown in. Well, that was the whole vibe of that album was a throwback to the 80s, like analog version of music. And uh, um, this song in particular didn't get traction after they released it until USC's Trojan Band did a viral oh, video right. of it. Yeah. That's and right. Their whole band did it. It was fucking it's, awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. Again, the Trojan band coming in. They did Tusk with the with mask. These guys are getting some play. <laughs> That's that was a song choice of yours that surprised me when I heard it. I'd never heard it before. <laughs> What's your honorable mention? All right, off the same album, uh, Simulation Theory. I really like that album. Good album. It is really great. And then that's kind of thing with Muse for me. It's going upwards. It's almost like the antithesis of Pearl Jam. They're very, you know, Pearl Jam's first album, every single song is a banger on it. And then from then on, it's like, yeah, mm, it's getting less and less yep, and less. Yep. For me, this is the reverse. The, the first couple of albums, like, yeah, one or two. And then as you progress further and from like the second law and drones and simulation, it just got better and better. Yes. And, better. and when like Mutt Lang produced drones, I'm like, oh, this is my home. It's going to be it's good. Sweet spot. And it was. But off of the simulation, theory I always like something human now life can begin I've cleansed all my sins I'm about to break You know, a song about, uh, you know, being on the road and being away from your family and, you know, just getting back to where, you know, you feel like you're most at home, which is home, ironically. Uh, <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> I really love this song. It's a good tune. Yeah, it's, it's a nice, it's, a, it's an easy vibe. From a band that doesn't have a ton of songs with <laughs> oh, an easy no. vibe. No, it's a, it is a lot of, it, it's more, it's, it's about as positive as they're going to get. Right. You know, the song is obviously born out of lonesomeness and longing for home, but, you know, they, they make uh, a lot of lemonade out of that. All right, my number five is off of 2004's Absolution, and it is Time is Running Out. song is so freaking good it really is i i, I love the slide chord uh, guitar as it's coming into the chorus it's so cool yeah yeah 
the high-pitched keys that come in right before that pre-chorus is good. Then the drums in that pre-chorus really start like building it up. He gets a lot of use out of those toms. Oh, yeah. He really works it. And his kid isn't like some crazy overstocked kid. He's not sitting back there like Neil Peart with a thousand different things he can hit. It's a fairly, it's not a cafe kid, but it's a fairly basic kid. Yeah. And yeah, he, he plays the shit out of it. Yeah. Bellamy's vocals in this, kicking. Really good. The opening bass is really cool. I wasn't sure if it was this song or the one that you had mentioned, uh, Absolution, right? No. What was the song that you saw on Palladia? Uh, Uprising. Uprising. I wasn't sure if it was this song or if it was Uprising that I had seen where the crowd was bouncing up and down. Could very well have been either of them, because I'm sure the crowd was bouncing in both of them. Yeah, this is an anthem, too. What the hell happened to Palladia, by the way? I used to spend hours watching Palladia. I don't know. I think it got bought up. I think either VH1 or MTV bought them, and then they took all the live concerts off. Morons. (laughs) All right. (laughs) What's your number five? Uh, We're going to stay on the same album, Absolution, and we're going to go for uh, Hysteria. This is my number three. Go for it. It is a fucking awesome song to see live. Yes. Like, and whether you catch it on YouTube or wherever, if you are lucky enough to see them, you know, Bellamy just kind of like walks out to the, the, the point of the stage and then like you think he's going to start another song and the whole crowd goes fucking crazy and then he just points backwards to the stage and the spotlight goes over Chris and he starts with that crazy ass bass. The, the bass is unreal. It's so fucking awesome. Yeah. It's just a great song. And again, like one of those th- things, it's just like gets you going. And it's such a cool sounding song. I've heard the bassist talk about it in an interview, and he's like, I fucking hate that song. He's like, it hurts to play. <laughs> I'm all over the board. On right? It. He's like, and they took it out of the set list for a while because he's like, I can't stand playing this song every night. Right. This is, I have this note written on so many of these songs, but I'm going to say it anyhow. So fun to see live. Yeah. Yeah. So fun to see live. Yeah, we're going to. I think we're going to beat that, that right. a little bit. But yeah, they're, they're, this is a, a, a band that deserves to be seen live because like, they're, they're, they're just as good off their studio albums as they are you know, in person. Yeah. They're, they're really good. Yeah. I want it now. Give me your heart and your soul. Is it a love song? Nope. It's about a stalker losing his mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. There's an awesome instrumental breakdown before the guitar solo. Which is a cool solo. It has like a a handful of different notes to start. Like it's not super busy, but the way he plays it sounds... Like, it's really tough to play, and it probably is, even though it's just a, a series of, of, like, I don't know, a handful of notes. It's not like mm-hmm. he's all over the place. And then as the solo progresses, he gets a little more busy with it. But yeah. his solos are great. I I can't help but kind of, like, headbang when I hear this song. Yeah. Like just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's centered around your favorite instrument. 
and, and he does a great job with yes. it. Um, but yeah, the solos are like that he puts together are all octave solos, and it's just like, man, it's they seem simple because they're hitting like the same notes in different octaves, but it's like it's hard to get your fingers back, back sure. forth, back and forth. It's but it's just a testament to how good of a guitarist he really is. And yeah, he's, and he's hitting those notes live in concert. Like he's not fucking that solo up. Like it's pretty awesome right right and, and he made the comments and he wasn't shitting on anybody he was just saying like we, we came out of like we were born out of the grunge era but the grunge era was like a lot of power chords you know you can't really fuck those things up a lot of power chords and they, they were writing great songs with those power chords but he's like i was trained in a different way to look at you know chord progressions in a different way which is why their music is is just off a little bit uh, well, it's a, it's a it's great up a level. It's 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 up a level. Yeah, I would say that. You know, I'm not. And, and again, he wasn't doing, and I'm not doing like shitting on like Allison Chains or Pearl Jam or anything like that. But they were just doing, you know, breaking apart a simple chord and like you play one half, I'll play the other half, and it'll sound good. And they did. Yeah. Um. And he's like, he just upped it a level, and it's just him, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my number four. It's off of the second law. You've already mentioned it, and it's madness. Yeah, this is my number two. Well, let's table it then for your number okay, two. Okay, well, we can do that. Are we going to my number th- Your number three. three. now. Okay, this is off of Black Holes and Revelations, and it is Starlight. great 80s vibe to this song the bass and the keys start off and then the lyrics come in uh, they're really on point then the high octave guitar comes in to kind of like complement the rest of the song and every time the chorus kind of like runs through like they, they run the verse and the chorus and the next time the verse comes around he adds a little something different to his guitar it's the same kind of structure but he adds a little different you know a couple more notes and then the third time around he even makes it even more complex he does this a lot in his songs and that's i really enjoy that because the first time around it's just like him hitting two notes bouncing right. back and forth and then then the second time around it's like the same two notes but it's, it's, it's complemented by even more and he just builds you know into a a better you know like a version of the what was just came before the chorus is a straight up heavy metal chorus and it just crashes into that. You don't expect that from a song that starts off the way that this does, and then it just crashes into this like heavy metal chorus. It's great. I love this song. I like the chorus and the pre-choruses in this. I had kind of an interesting relationship with this song. It reminded me, <laughs> you're not going to like this, it reminded me a little of our Hall & Oates episode where we had songs that could be on, on a keeper list and songs also the same song on like, a most hated list. Uh-huh. There's something about the intro and the snare rhythm that kind of rubs me in the wrong direction. But then they get into the pre-chorus and the chorus and the backing of vocals, they add a ton. It has a real Killers vibe. For some reason, when I listened to this, I heard the Killers, which is not a bad thing for me. I like the Killers. So it's it's a weird song for me that, that puts it as a contender for for being on both lists and the like when they play it live when it's done i'm not sad that the song is done it's not like i hate it it's just a weird thing yeah there's aspects of the song i really like and there's aspects of it that for some reason feel odd to me you mentioned the killers and the keys to me like shoot me straight back to like like something i would hear out of the psychedelic first 
that's why I like to me it's got like a very 80s vibe to it and I like that I like you know that kind of music like that genre or wherever he was pulling that from I, I appreciate it yeah all right, so that brings us to you snipe my number three. So that brings us to your number three. So we're gonna go, I'm gonna go back to simulation theory. The song is called "Get Up and Fight." song he wrote about his uncle who was battling cancer i took it to mean something different i did not know that um, going into like liking this song so i kind of like attached my own meaning to it but it's very it's 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 very techno to begin with and then it just the chorus crashes into like a pop metal like really again an anthemic like this dude just brings it out of you like he connects with you know you through your he- headphones or whatever your car stereo and it's just it's it's awesome. It it starts and then in the middle of it, there's this very slow interlude where he like you know kind of repeats the chorus line over and over again, and then it just kind of like churns up with this giant piano crescendo, and then he just pops into this last one. His falsetto comes into the to the end one. I really love the song. It's really great. His ability to take music from what's a very low or demure or subtle level and turn it into something that suddenly has you kind of like popcorn popping. Yeah, Yeah, he's a crescendo machine. Oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I don't know if I'd call him a hook machine, although he's got some good hooks in these songs, but you're right, he's a crescendo machine. Everything builds, and it builds into this, like, gloriousness that's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's pretty sneaky. It is, and then suddenly he's got that falsetto crushing out over the top. You're like, oh, where did that come (laughs) from? Right, yeah, exactly. Down from his ball. (laughs) (laughs) I won't make another beanbag reference. I've already used that joke. (laughs) All right, that brings us to our fantasy concert lineup. Fantastic. So I took a look back at who these guys toured with in the past, because I just was curious. Who do you match up with? You mean as an opening act before yeah. they were... Yeah, like yeah. an opening act. Because I was just curious to see yeah. who toured with these guys. Bush. And they... I didn't see Bush. Yeah, they, they opened Did for they? Bush yeah, in Germany, yeah. <laughs> oh, they opened for Bush? Yes. This oh is early, God. early. When when Bush was like king of the pop mountain. I fucking hate Bush. Gavin Rossdale was out there shirtless, <laughs> dancing around like he had something to prove. What a douche. <laughs> So I pulled a handful of bands off this list that all of whom are on my playlist, and I'm not going to use any of them, but I just thought they were good. Silver Sun Pickups, we mentioned them during our Smashing Pumpkins episode. Metric, great Canadian band. Band of Skulls, Cage the Elephant, I've seen them twice, they're really good live. On this last tour, they toured with Evanescence. That woman has a set of pipes yeah. that will melt your face off your head. It is really something. She was fun to hear. They're a little one note, like you. Yeah. Every song kind of had the same sort of feel to it, but she was good. All that said, that's not who I'm going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick who I've already mentioned, and that's the Killers. 
Fuss was a great album. That was their debut. Yeah. I think this is a pretty good band. Now, I've seen Brandon Flowers live. He did a solo tour 10-ish years ago, and the guy couldn't quite find the note that he was singing, so I'm a little leery. That's problematic. Yeah, I'm a little leery if that's going to be any good live, but I'd still like to see The Killers. Okay. And then, because I like the idea of a high-quality, very involved stage show, this is going to sound a little weird, but I want to see Pink. I've actually seen her live. That's right. That's right. (laughs) My wife is a big fan. You were a stand-in for my wife, I believe. Yeah. She she was out of town. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, though, excellent stage show. I saw her stuff on Palladium. I was like, this woman doesn't leave anything behind. And she's like on a fucking suspender flying around the fucking audience and shit like that. Dipping her in water tanks. The imagery looked so cool to see. And I have to say, like, I I knew and, you know, liked slash didn't mind a dozen songs. Yeah. I think she's a decent musician. Now, I I like her. Couldn't tell you all that much about her catalog. I just simply don't know her that well. We don't run in the same circles. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm, think, I'll, I'll play with, leave it like this. I'm happy to said, say that I had seen her, but you know, yeah, I you saw her. You don't need to see her. I again. don't need to I see her that. again. <laughs> but I just, I, I think with with the the show that Muse puts on, mm-hmm. you could pair it with something like the show she puts on. Yeah. And go, yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> I just had gonna, a hell of a night. You're gonna need a lot of Pedialyte. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Replenish those fluids. <laughs> All right. Who is in your lineup? So first, I'm gonna stay on the island. I've always loved this band. Uh, they got a similar type of vibe. A lot of darkness in the lyrics. A lot of you know overtones. It's a Scottish band le- uh, fronted by Delamitri. A, a woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Delamitri. <laughs> Although, if Delamitri wants to come out and do the Bitch Bastard. Kiss this thing goodbye. <laughs> uh, if they want to sing Bitch Bastard, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, uh, the band called Churches. Uh, she's wonderful. I love her voice. She's got a killer voice. Yeah. And they did a, uh, their last album, they did um, a song with, who's the guy from The Cure? Robbie. Rob, Robert Smith. Robert Smith. Great song. And he he really fits well in that song with them. That's a really cool place to be. <laughs> and then, I'm not a metalhead. I'm not. We know this. We've discussed we know this. this. We've dissected that. But I was listening to a very recent interview with Matt Bellamy about this newer album that they they uh, they're touring on right now 
and it's very heavy. Will of the people? Yes, the will of the people, and he's very heavy, and he and he mentioned he's like, these have these metal guitars, these metal bands, these guys are fucking awesome. They're great musicians, and nobody really like gives them the time of day. Sure. No respect. Right, right. And he's like, you, you should give them another listen. And it's like one of my favorite, you know, all-time all-star bands is Slipknot. I've known Slipknot for a long, long time. I don't think I could tell you one of their songs. But then I can't either. I mean, I, I'm sure I would recognize their big one. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. I I dipped into their catalog for a good two weeks. Slipknot's on the bill. All that right. is, I, and I encourage you and anybody else who's listening, give that a little tussle. Because that's that's some angry fucking music, and those guys are good. It's not scream metal. It's not any of that. Those guys are good. And that, that, that I think it's Corey. Mm, I, I'm going to miss the name. But I think the, the front man, I think, is Corey. I think that's his name. I don't know. That could all be wrong. Sure. <laughs> now that I think of it, I think Corey's the one that committed suicide. Oh. So we'll do our research on the back end on that one. <laughs> so I don't want to offend anybody. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so the front man is really awesome on, on a lot of their tracks. Whatever his name may be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna give Slipknot a, a spot on the bill. I right. want to see those guys because they—I know they costume up and everything like that. I'm down for it. Like Guar, not like Guar, <laughs> but like fucked up shit. I love it. I'm doing it. Okay, Slipknot. I'm down with that. I, you know, I could go some. for a good heavy show once yeah. in a while. I don't know how I ended up doing this, but I got down the rabbit hole of Chevelle. So light. In fact, I think it was I had sent you. You drive I, a Chevelle now? <laughs> I wish. Yeah, I was walking up and the I saw V8? the Tesla in your, in your drive. I'm like, who the fuck drives a Tesla? And I forgot that you bought one. <laughs> did you did you happen to know this? Tesla's first four models. The Model S, the Model E, the Model X, the Model Y. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know... You buy the fucking car, and then Elon Musk, you know, buys Twitter and self-destructs. That's just, fucking you know, I don't, that doesn't help my opinion of this fucking automobile, which I love. It's a great car. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> anyway, I got down that. a rabbit hole of Chevelle because I had sent you a concert lineup that was coming to, I think, Vegas or something, and the Sisters of Mercy were on the sh- on the, on the bill, uh-huh. and I said, look who's right next to Chevelle, because I didn't want to point out Sisters of Mercy, I wanted you to find it, and then I'm like, I see Chevelle at so many of these shows that are heavier, I'm going to dip my toe into them. They weren't bad. They weren't bad. It's <laughs> sort of like higher-end metal, like it's refined metal. Well, I t- I'll say this about Slipknot. I didn't know what to expect. And then I started, like, in their catalog, I just go through Apple Music and, like, the, you know, their first 20 songs that they they, that they put up on the in the playlist. And there wasn't a one that I turned off. I'm like, this is shit. 
I'm like, wow, that's fucking heavy shit. And I'm like, you, if you're in a mood for like, this is up a notch from Metallica. And like, this is where like Metallica used to be back in the Kill sure. Wall. And these guys are going for it. It's great. It, I really like it. Now, I, I, I don't know. I'm a 50-year-old man. It's good music to work out to. <laughs> you know, it's like... Play hockey to it. Good, yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> good, it's good music to like tear down your garage with. <laughs> don't tear down my garage. All right, that brings us to our number twos. Hmm? My number two is Uprising. I don't care what age you are, this will make you want to march. <laughs> That's phenomenal. <laughs> Great lyrics, too. Oh, it's phenomenal. Again, so fun to see live with the crowd chanting, Oi! Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Bellamy said, It's meant to be football hooligans chanting in protest at the banking situation. Now, that was looked like it might have been taken slightly out of context. Like, I think he was sort of saying it as a joke, but at the same time, you know, maybe there was some truth to it. It's time the fat cats had a heart attack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and the album is called Resistance. And Bellamy said he was just sick, quote, just sick of all these bloody bankers, politicians, just turning everything to a load of bollocks, just spending money on shit and blowing everything. This is after 2008, the collapse of the global economy. The song parrots the theme, right? They will not force us. They will stop degrading us. They will not control us. We will be victorious. I love it. It's great. I fucking love it. You talk about anthemic. It is anthemic. Mm -hmm. No, you turn... So I teach high school kids, and I always turn my... like, Especially my seniors, onto this song. And it blows their mind. Because this is 2009. Nothing ever happened before 2020 for these kids. Nothing. Right. Like you try to teach them nothing. Nothing culturally exist. Nothing culturally relevant is ever, you know, beyond, you know, what I can see. So you this is this is ancient history to them and always, always these kids are like, That's a fucking great song. I love it because it's it's got that that charge of an eighteen year old sure. like fuck it all. You guys don't understand us. Yeah. And it's it's a great song for that. Great I love song. this song. This is their most played on Spotify at oh, sure. five hundred million. Wow. That's a good playlist. What do they sell, like 30 million albums total in their career? I didn't look into that. I mean, the commercial success of this band is not what, it's not, they're not upper reaches. No. Their live success is. Yeah. They are, you know, one of the bigger selling lives. But but they don't sell a whole lot of albums. And I guess album sales these days are really hard to come by anyhow, so. Well, and even on streams, a number of bands have hit that 500 million number. And quite a few have hit the billion number. That's up there. It's up there. That's, that's it's a, pretty know, good. It's, it's respectable. Yeah, it's respectable. Right, what's your number two? Uh, I think, well, oh, I had Madness. Your number, your number two is Hysteria, isn't it? No. No. Your number, number two, two is Madness. madness. Um, and we tabled that for the discussion that we're going to about to have now. <laughs> Just 
this was the song that I saw on SNL, and when he hit that high note, and he just went for it, when you know he, he screamed about like it's all it's all love. That that to me, I was like, this kid, this dude is some other kind of talent. And that's, that's when I started to d- dive down into him. Now I've seen Madness played like again the live versions on TV that you can see on YouTube and everything like that. He's he's got there's was one version out there where he has the the camera uh, in his face, so he grabs onto the camera on the big boom arm, uh-huh. and then he's singing into the camera. But in the stadium, if you're there, you see the big on monitors, the screens, and it's yeah. just his face, you know. But it's with the sunny. glasses that have the messages. The, yeah, the messages. Yeah. So yeah. cool, such really a cool. Neat. Like he's really good at those those kind of like stage optics. And then, you know, then when he, he gets done with the last lyric of the one set before he has to go into his guitar, he takes the, the camera and he just swings it out over the crowd. It's such a cool yeah. fucking effect. Like, that, this guy is a bona fide fucking rock guy. Oh, right? yeah. He's so awesome to, like, the way to watch him just, like, command stage presence like that. So great. A rock god who doesn't look like a rock god. No. He looks like no. an everyday person. Yeah, yeah. He wrote this song after a fight with Kate Hudson. He was dating Kate Hudson. Okay. And they got into a fight. And <laughs> I suppose that would make you feel like this, like this song, right? The soaring vocals at the end are him singing, I need your love. Yeah. And he's just upset about this fight that he got into with her. I think they've got a kid together, but I don't think they're together anymore. No, he recently married. I think you're right. Um, and had another kid. And Bellamy says, it's probably my favorite song that I have ever written. Yeah. It's cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, the, the part I really love is when, well, I guess we'll do it for four seconds. Well, we can do it now. Fuck it. When he, so Dominic is playing synth drums the whole time. And it's that kind of synth, boom, synth, boom. Yeah. And then when he is rising into that falsetto, he transitions from synth to a regular kit. I think that's just the coolest fucking thing. Yeah. It's really cool. Booming out, man. It's really awesome. Yeah, and you've got that technology that Wollstenholm is using on the bass. Yes. So that is from a company called Misa, M-I-S-A, Misa, Misa. And Misa calls it a Katara digital synth controller. Okay. And as you said, the guitar has no strings. It's got six buttons on each fret, and each button represents... The note that should be on that fret, although apparently you can reprogram it to put whatever you want on there. But it's just that I, the first time I saw that, like everybody else, was like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, it's cool shit. <laughs> it's really cool, right? and the fact that it's backlit, so you know when it, when he strums his his thumb down mm-hmm. it, it kind of leaves a, 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 a trailer blue smear like yeah. a trailer, like a comet. Madness has, I think, my favorite guitar solo from Bellamy. It's so cool. short it's super tight shreds and it packs a punch yeah it's just and when we just heard it live i turned to my son as they were going into that solo i go this is my favorite guitar solo (laughs) and he yelled back mine too which was which was pretty cool all right that brings us to the number ones okay from my number one i'm going to the 2015 drones album and the song is psycho 
Driving, 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 you know, and then this single guitar lick comes out that what, what, when he sings a fucking psycho, like the, yeah. the lyrics to this song are just great. The drops in the song that sound like they came from Full Metal Jacket, I could kind of do without those. They're, they're a little overdone, but other than that, yeah, you know, that's not my favorite part of the song by far. But the vocals when he's singing "Your Ass Belongs to Me" now. Yeah. Fucking awesome. And so much fun to hear live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just played this on this last tour. It's cool. Well, it's a great song. The lyrics reference drones, and while, you know, my head and I'm sure yours, and probably everyone listening, probably goes to a military reference given the behavior of the United States over the last couple of decades. Uh, Bellamy says it's more around human behavior and our indoctrination into the system. He does sing about actual drone strikes and the other some other songs on the album. I love this tune. I just think this tune is a ton of fun. It's a super cool song. I love it. Yeah, it's about building you know that kind of mentality, whether it is implicitly or explicitly in the military. You know, this is the kind of culture that that it is comment on the culture that indoctrinates people into like you know we're just going to strip you of humanity so that you'll go do violence. Yeah, it's his commentary. Sure, (laughs) sure. But it is a great song. Are those kids out there? There are children outside. There are children outside. Mm-hmm. We're trying to record a fucking podcast in here. Back inside the house. Get on TikTok. Go play video around. games. <laughs> What's wrong with these kids? <laughs> All that playing. stinking fresh air. What's wrong with you? <laughs> All right. Now that we've offended the neighbors, <laughs> what is your number one? So my number one is off of the Drones album. We paired each other very well today, so it's like a fine uh, dinner with a, a pairing of wines. <laughs> this is actually the the after effects of the Psycho song that that you just named as your number one. Bellamy had said about this song, he's like, this is what happens when, when people are put through that Psycho treatment in that song. And the song's name is Mercy. says the song is about being overcome by the dark forces inside I mean again like he tangles with some really deep shit really dark stuff and he's bringing it out in his songs and he's connecting with people and it really connects with me his psychiatrist must be busy uh, <laughs> well maybe he's his own psychiatrist could be I don't know. maybe that's his therapy is writing um, writing music but it's a really heartfelt story you know song you know the, the chorus is mercy show me mercy because this is not exactly, you know, this isn't what I set out to be. I'm, you know, more than just this, you know, as, as the story goes, not just more this killing machine, not this drone that is just set off by, a, you know, government action. Like, I'm a human being that has, you know, conflicts or conflicting feelings about, you know, these things that, you know, that, that happen in global conflict. 
but I really love this song. It's got a cool, the, the drum fills that Dom puts in there in between each chorus get progressively more complex. He's really good at that. Yeah. He's really good at that. And it's just, he'll put down a layer of toms or, or even just light snare or something. And then suddenly you come around to that next chorus or verse and you're like, there's another layer in there that wasn't there before. Yeah, it's 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 a lot different than like your ACDCs or your Van Halens where it's right. just kind of like that same... Yeah, you know, everything's in your face jive. all at once. Yeah, and just the rock and the roll and the right. rock and the roll. And he's like, again, we're just like this building crescendos. Right. Like each measure, not each measure, but each uh, verse chorus cycle is more and more uh, music. Right. And it's really awesome. I love it. And the, and the, the crescendo uh, um, at the, the, the third chorus of the third verse... Uh, it's again Bellamy howling out, you know, this theme of mercy. It's really cool. It's like Indian food. Every bite you get a new flavor. <laughs> yes, Indian, yeah, Ethiopian food is new, like that. Yeah, a little, a little something new with each bite. That's it's right. fantastic. We're just going to add a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Oh, look at this! Wonderful, perfect bite. <laughs> okay, that brings us to the most hated. I had a really hard time. With I this. didn't have. Anything on my list. I, I was actually going to come in with nothing, and then I heard the, the pop, pop, pop from Starlight, and I went... Guess it could, you know, I guess it could kind of fall under that, but it's I don't actively dislike the song. I'm not sure I've got a good contender here. I might actually have to come to class empty-handed without without an entry. Well, that's normal in my business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hated is a strong word. Sure. Um, I'll just say this. I'm not down for prog rock. Not a lot. And they are definitely prog rock in the beginning. And I guess the reason why I'm not down for a lot of prog rock is for what he said. He's like, I wasn't a good songwriter, so we relied on our musicianship, and I noodled around the guitar for five minutes and then, you know, kind of wrapped it up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not down here for that. I'm not here for you to do your thing. I'm here to get a four-minute song, you know, and then move on with my day. Now, they, they deliver later on in their career, so I just say their prog beginnings, bafangu. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think what they do well with prog and this is more of a modern version of them, not the original version of them, is they still have prog rock, but they have packaged it in such a way that's like the spoonful of sugar helping the medicine go down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to use a reference from your mother? <laughs> Fantastic. Or Mary Poppins, but whatever. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's how they package their music is they, they have so much going on that you may not realize it you're listening to Prague. Well, no, I, I get that. And that's kind of like what they have, you know, that's the way they've been moving from, you know, this pop metal, you know, in like drones and then into this heavier metal where like he definitely said explicitly, he's like, we wanted to move into the heavy metal space. He's like, because I was really taken with those bands and that's kind of where we're moving towards. So yeah. this latest album is like definitely a lot heavier. Sure. And he's like, it's just a lot truer to kind of like who we are as musicians. Now we're just moving into that direction. Now the next album, we could move in a different direction, but right now this is where we sit. So progression of music, I'm all for that. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm all good with that. But the prog rock bullshit, you can't pull that fast one on me. The yes in the early years, the rush in the early years, fuck that noise. <laughs> Coolest four seconds. 
I could have done an entire show of coolest <laughs> four seconds really was. For, for this band. Yeah. This was crazy. I guess I'll start with the vocal freakout at the end of Showbiz. That's kind of like the same thing as the chorus of drones on drones. You can really see like, oh, that's Mutt Lang. You, that, that's him because he, he fucks around with uh, the reports. And uh, just underneath the chorus, you hear kind of like this, this almost like, I don't know, it's a computerized like repeater of the, the lyrics. And it's really a cool effect. You have to listen to it closely, but once you hear it, it's like, ooh, that's such a cool effect. It's really cool. I think you got confused there. That's Reapers. Reapers, yeah. yeah drones right. is the is the choral one. Yeah, because that that the Reapers, the chorus is drones. The intro to Yes Please. like the way that they do that just a real heavy drive to the song yeah the falsetto in supremacy can't even fake it yeah like you either have it or you don't and man he brings it that's that's a lot and then it just crashes into that really heavy stuff yeah cool cool stuff in knights of sidonia awesome tune by the way he comes out or they come out of the vocal breakdown where they're singing about fighting for their rights and they drop into this massively heavy sequence that is just such a headbanger You see it live. That's exactly what the crowd is doing. Just it's great. The video for Panic Station is great. filmed it in japan 
and he's got this like I think he stole the, the coat from Scott Weiland <laughs> it's this big ostrich plume pink coat and he's just walking through the streets of Tokyo and it's like so crowded but like you know the, the, the song Panic Station is great I, I love it. that tune yeah it's uh, it's great so Vince gave me his top five because I did want to get his top five you know what I was going to ask my son for his and I just totally blanked on it Shani I'm sorry I know you're going to be listening to this I will get you in here we'll I'll get them from you and we'll name them in the next episode or you can slide it in post pro that's a pain in the ass whatever <laughs> wow <laughs> you hear that one okay listen I, I offer it yeah he offers my services <laughs> I, I offered your father's time so Vince has super massive black hole Some tune, yeah. such a pounding rhythm section. Mm-hmm. Dead inside. Panic station and supremacy. My last coolest four seconds, the ending of survival. It's a bizarre song that's totally awesome, and Bellamy kills it at the end with this high note that's nothing short of opera. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I guess. Yeah. That's. He's very operatic when he when he sings. All right. Neither of us had any of these on our list. I thought I would touch really quickly on this new album that they just put out. The intro to the song "Will of the People." Sounds a hell of a lot like Marilyn Manson's The Beautiful People. Yeah. And I hadn't heard it before we got to the show, and they started playing it, and I'm like, are they covering Marilyn Manson? <laughs> yeah, right. There's another song on that album that I actually really like, and the song is called Compliance. Just give us your compliance. more along the power to the people theme and it has this sort of like Knight Rider sound in it if you remember the theme song from Knight Rider the TV show yep. and in the middle of the concert at one point there's a red light that chases back and forth across the top of the stage like the red light in front of the car Kit so. you mean Kit Kit yes thank you Kit <laughs> didn't mean to offend it's an important character in the show let's get it right <laughs> it's an important character <laughs> 
All right. Uh, I did have one last uh, really cool moment or cool parts of the song on uh, Simulation Theory, the Dig Down. techno really awesome song again he does it again he holds this long note where he just belts one out and he holds it for like five measures it's crazy but while he's doing that like the music changes so much underneath his voice and that's what i think that's why it's so cool that he does all that when he holds those long notes but yet the music changes underneath him yeah sisters of mercy I added a bunch of their stuff. I added more songs to my playlist than any other band that we've done, in large part because I didn't have any songs on my playlist yeah. from Muse prior to doing this. Yeah, but I so percentage wise, it was more than any other band. I I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, I and I will absolutely see them live again. They bring it as will my wife. Yeah. So my wife and I that was our Christmas present to the kids was we brought them to the Muse show. And she hadn't seen them before. She knew who the band was. She knew some of their songs. And afterwards, she said, I'll absolutely see this band again. Sure, yeah. And that's the kind of show that Muse puts on. So listeners, if you haven't had a chance to see this band yet and you, and you like the music that they're putting out, check them out. It's worth the investment. It Not is. a dollar wasted. No. Which brings me to the question of the cars. Did they move music forward? I'd like to say that they moved live music forward but they weren't the tip of the spear on this right no. pink floyd in the 70s had the flying pig roger waters had the you know they were knocking down walls with airplanes u2 does their thing iron maiden had the animatronic eddie walking oh around. yes oh <laughs> god damn if i could only see that again i think they they're carrying on the tradition of stadium rock well i think they're furthering it i think they're you know they're they're bringing it to another level because i have never seen anything like that last tour that we saw (laughs) i will say that they embed a lot of important messages into their songs that are easily digestible very much like in the the theme of or the in the in the way that like rage against the machine did mvp here i think it's their ability to merge Prague, pop, electronic, industrial, metal, and arena rock sure. with metal, yeah. and package it with showmanship. Like it's not just three incredible musicians that are boring to look at. If you, <laughs> it's not Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you take and you've seen them without all the doodads and, yeah. and the extra fluff. Yeah. I fully believe you take that fluff away, you're still walking out of there like, that was a fucking great show. Yeah, rip your face off. Yeah. Yeah. I got Bellamy as the straightaway um, MVP. I mean, he's the songwriter. He's the front man. He's really the guy out front, and yeah. he's he's got that incredible voice. Yep. You take him out of the picture. Oh, you throw in the piano yeah. skills, the yeah. guitar skills, and the songwriting. Yeah. And, if he's sick that day, right. that dude from the well who plays as the fourth <laughs> doesn't come out and do what he can do. There's been four of him. By, by, I was able to find <laughs> right? four of them. Didn't recognize anything about any of the four of them. Good gig so, to have. Muse has a fourth guy that they just sort of keep in the closet. <laughs> Rankings. Skill. Hard five. Yeah, I got them as a five. Image, I gave them a five. I really like their, I think they're cool as fuck. These are three normal looking guys who own the stage. Mm-hmm. They look totally comfortable. Catalog, 
I hit them with a three nine. Some of their early stuff was a little one note. I, I got their catalog at a three. It's above average, but the, the early stuff weighs it down. Okay. Well, that wraps up another episode. The 30th edition. Thank you all for edition. sticking around with us and listening to this drivel. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we come back. No, we will. <laughs> if we disappear off the face of the earth. We'll just leave, you know, uh, uprising in our space. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned. Uh, I've got a lot of business travel coming up, so hopefully these things come out on time. We'll, we'll do our best. But keep listening. Hey, join our Facebook group, Instagram group. Uh, you can get all kinds of stupid pictures of us that we're putting up there. Oh, man, don't don't put that one up there. <laughs> you were young. You needed the money. It was ten- <laughs> Thanks again.